This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Calling all people today who have ever wanted to develop a daily practice and who have ever found that they had a really hard time with it. Raising your hand on that one? Well, great. You're in perfect company. So developing a daily practice. I, you, I'm sure we've all heard it so many times before. It is important to develop a daily practice. You know, CEOs, startup founders, they talk about it when they're interviewed on podcasts. All the research points to how important it is to develop a daily practice, especially with something like meditation. Develop a daily practice, people would say. And I don't know about you, but when people would say this to me, I would think one of two things. Either A, I know I need to do this, but uh, I just feel like I don't have the time. I feel like there's so much to do. It feels like pressure. But I guess I need to do it, so um, yeah, let me read the book by so-and-so about their daily practice. Maybe that'll give me some ideas. I could, you know, maybe I'd be more excited if I had the right daily practice. And, you know, yeah, I'll start Monday. Yeah, starting Monday feels right. Fresh week, new start. That's a good thing. So that's option A. Or I would think okay, I need to develop a daily practice and I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do something daily and I'll start with a challenge. Yeah. A 30 day challenge. Roll up my sleeves. Here I come. This daily practice thing is happening. I'll give myself gold stars. I'll track my progress. Going to do some positive reinforcement. I am setting this goal. I am going to do it. It is going to be great. And you might've already figured out that which, whichever uh, end of the spectrum I was on could be related to how much caffeine I'd had at that moment. Ever feel that way yourself? So when I took the first approach, it was just mostly pessimism, a, a womp womp, a delay tactic. I'd read about other people's daily practices. I'd get a little bit inspired, and then I'd make a lot of excuses about not having enough time to develop a practice that I could really sustain. When I took the second approach, it was mostly like all this gusto-fueled perfectionism. Like I was going to be perfect about the daily practice. But pretty soon after I tried that, all that enthusiasm would die down and I'd feel chained down to it. Like, uh, was I really going to have to meditate every day? Was I going to have to do this for the rest of my life? And I'd feel obligated or I'd want to rebel or I'd grit my teeth and I'd put in the time, but then any motivation I had would leave me once I'd hit some kind of milestone. Like if I set a 30-day challenge for myself, I'd feel proud of myself. I'd make it to day 30. And suddenly day 31, it was like, oh, what am I even doing? Yeah, hmm, I guess not. But then everything changed, which is why you're listening, right? Because (laughs) if you can relate at all to the things I've said just in these first couple minutes, you're like, you know, how do I develop a daily practice here that actually works? And so 
I'm going to talk a little bit about how you develop a daily practice that feeds you. So I'm not totally sure how this clicked for me, actually. Um, But here's hoping that just hearing me describe it, something connects for you. Um, There came this day where it just felt like the truest thing I knew. To not give myself the time and space for my daily practice was akin to not feeding myself. Like, like it was, it was literally, there was no difference. I eat every day to feed myself physically. And I needed to develop and sustain a daily practice to feed myself emotionally. And it just clicked in at that deep of a level. You know, you listening to this, you would never eat your regular meals on a Monday and then consider eating on Tuesday and go, well, you know, today's Tuesday and I could eat today, but you know, I ate yesterday as Monday and, you know, eating takes so much time. I don't really have time. It's like, no, that, that wouldn't make sense. And someone could counter that by pointing out that hunger is a physical sensation, one that gets painful to ignore. And we require eating daily in order to sustain our physical lives. And I'd say, yeah, and your emotional hungers are also physical sensations and they get painful to ignore. And whether you admit it or not, you require daily emotional nourishment of some kind in order to sustain your life. When you are tired, resentful, overwhelmed, exhausted, worried, ruminating, angry, irritated, doing too much, unable to focus, difficulty prioritizing, experiencing physical symptoms of illness, navigating a big life transition, caring for the sick or those who are dependent on you, feeling reactive, trying to make big changes in your life, trying to make big changes on behalf of the world, stretching into a new space that's outside your comfort zone, spaced out, numbed out, zoned out. When you are any of the above, you are already emotionally hungry. Let that sink in. Some of you who are reading this or listening to this may be downright starving. A daily practice is not a burden. It is not an obligation. It is not a thing you must do in order to be a good person. And a daily practice doesn't need to take a lot of time. And yes, you do have the time. A daily practice is something we must give ourselves in order to have any kind of a life. A daily practice of some kind where in some way you slow down to connect to yourself, is critical. It's critical. It's as critical as food. You need it. Now, there are different types of daily practices, as I'm sure you already know. And I'd like to talk about that for a a moment, because I think one of the things that stopped me for so long from starting a daily practice was thinking that I had to find the right one. Air quotes around right, you know. And maybe something in you is already resonating with what I'm saying and knowing it's true, that a daily practice of some kind is required nourishment. And so you might be wondering, okay, so what type of daily practice should I do? Well, there's really no should to it all. 
Your practice does not need to be fancy, does not need to involve an elaborate ritual, does not require a specific cushion to sit on or a special room, does not need to be specifically even a meditation practice. The daily practices I'm talking about, I'm not talking about you have to watch your breath. You could have a daily practice of just spending five minutes in total silence. I'm just, you know, it's like, think for a moment about that. Just curious for you. (laughs) Five minutes of silence. Does that sound like a vacation? You know, you could have a daily practice of checking in with yourself to see where you are in integrity and where you're not and where you want to realign with your integrity. You could have a daily practice of taking a morning walk. You could have your daily practice while you're in the shower. Multitasking, right? You can get deeply present to like the sensory delight of water on skin and feeling grateful for each breath. You could have a daily practice that's creative, like sketching with colored pencils. You could have a daily practice where you're really moving your body, like dancing wildly and ecstatically to music that you love. You could have a daily practice of listening to inspiring, uplifting audios or podcasts while you're commuting to work. And kudos to you if you already know that you sitting here listening to this right now is part of your daily practice. So the real question is, what kind of daily practice do you want to do? Does your life need more color or more quiet? more dancing or more laughter or more getting present with who you are and what you truly want. Now, the cons of not having a daily practice are all the things like feeling tired and irritable and resentful and overwhelmed and out of it and on and on and on. So not having a daily practice of some kind that brings you home to yourself, something presence-based, there's always a loss. But the pros of having a daily practice are things like having more energy, being less reactive, feeling less overwhelmed, tapping into more joy, feeling more gratitude, more appreciation, noticing more of the goodness in the world, having better ideas, being more creative, feeling less stuck, navigating life challenges with a bigger perspective, feeling resourced and rejuvenated even amid difficult circumstances, optimism, better focus, concentration, improved immunity, it's good for your health, stress resilience. So there are, there are always cons to not doing it and there are only pros to adding it into your life. The next hurdle, though, is often one of time and believing that there are too many other things that are more important to do, thus preventing you from fitting in the daily practice. I gotta tell you, I don't have time. I told myself this year after year as I spent time each day surfing Facebook or watching television or, sadly, flipping through the latest issue of Us Weekly to find out about the money and the clothing and the divorces of celebrities I'd never meet. This I don't have time thing is always an interesting one to look at. We all have the same number of minutes in each day. We all have the same. And whether I was working 80 plus hours a week 
between multiple jobs in order to scrape together enough to pay my bills, or I was dictating my own hours after starting my company and becoming self-employed, I don't have time was something I'd still hear myself saying. It's something I hear a lot of us saying. So there's a little bit of getting real and leaning in to that idea and really just like really, really, truly, truly. Do you really, truly not have time? How much time are you spending checking text messages or on social media or watching television? Could you spend 20 minutes less on those options? And I know that especially when we're in the middle of stress and we're just trying to cope or we got a bunch of kids at home, it's like turning to your phone just feels like, okay, I just need to like turn to this thing that's easy. But it doesn't reap as many benefits as a truly presence-based daily practice. So are you willing to confront your resistance to prioritizing just 20 minutes for yourself? Are you willing to really look at that and go, I'm going to make this happen. This 20 minutes has to be the bedrock of everything great that I do as a person with my kids to feel like I'm living a life that I'm genuinely proud of. And if you truly, really, really, truly do not have 20 minutes, then okay, what time do you have? Could you spend just five minutes on a daily practice? If you truly, truly feel like you can't cobble together 20 minutes, and it is worth asking yourself the hard questions about one's own resistance to really believing that somewhere in your life 20 minutes is available, then okay, choose five minutes or 10 or 15 or seven or three And I can hear someone say, I I swear I can just hear it. Well, it feels like there wouldn't even be a point to just five minutes. To which I'd reply that five minutes is better than no minutes. Five minutes of slowing down to breathe is better than no minutes of slowing down to breathe. Five minutes of sketching with colored pencils in the middle of your workday is better than no minutes. Five minutes of offering yourself validation or acknowledgement for being a good human, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, I love you. That's better than no minutes. I mean, you know, really, if you want to go like super deep with it, try asking any like minister or preacher or religious leader, right? Like, oh, I feel like, you know, there's no point in just five minutes of worshiping (laughs) or praying. And I'm quite sure that even people who are devoutly religious, who have devoted their entire life to faith, are going to tell you that five minutes to pray to the God of your understanding is better than no minutes, For those of you who are listening to this who don't believe in God, no worries. I'm just using that as an example that even people who are, you know, like the most devotional people on the planet are going to tell you that five minutes is better than nothing. Believe in the power of five minutes. Now, the other thing that comes up for people is self-indulgence. It just, it just seems so self-indulgent. And I'm like, yeah, sure. It is. (laughs) Self-indulgence in and of itself isn't a bad thing, especially if it enables you to show up for your life in ways that are kinder and more compassionate. You know, we live in a world where people suffer emotionally in greater numbers than ever before. It is not a crime to find ways to build your emotional resilience. 
you know, in my community, I have been hearing about a lot of friends of mine who have friends who have committed suicide. So no one close to me in this moment, but friends of friends. And I just go, you know, what are we doing? You know, there are these people who don't really believe that their lives matter or are worth living. Whatever you need to do, whatever anybody needs to do to build their emotional resilience so that when the hard times come, they can find a way through, do it. That's what a daily practice does for your life. It builds that emotional resilience. And if it really, if the self-indulgence thing is just really hitting you, you know, the benefits of your own emotional resilience are really far reaching. They extend beyond you. You aren't likely, for instance, to feel patient and compassionate and kind with others if you aren't doing it within yourself. I'll go to the hunger metaphor again. When you are physically hungry, when you're ha 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 hangry, <laughs> it's difficult to think of anything other than your own physical hunger. I got news for you. When you are emotionally hungry, you may not realize this, but it's actually more difficult to really give to anyone else. So this is not self-indulgence. This is critical. You got to choose your priorities because when you don't feed yourself physically, the longer you go without feeding, the worse it gets. That's why you must choose feeding yourself physically as a priority. And when you don't feed yourself emotionally, the longer you go without feeding, the worse it gets. That's why you must choose feeding yourself emotionally as a priority. When you feed yourself physically, the healthier and stronger you are. When you feed yourself emotionally, the healthier and stronger you are. If you are one of the lucky humans in this world who has access to food to feed yourself physically, it would be senseless to simply choose just not to eat. If you are one of the lucky humans in this world who has access to five minutes to feed yourself emotionally, it would be senseless to simply just choose not to take the five minutes. And I want it for you so badly, I have to say. I want you to know the peace, the contentment, the joy, the aliveness that can come from this. Something shifted when I realized that a daily practice was essential to my happiness and well-being. And therefore, skipping a daily practice was basically saying, I have the option to do something to improve my happiness and well-being, but hey, I won't take it. It's really my wish that in you listening to this, something shifts for you too, that you get ruthless about deciding to evaluate how you use your time, find the 20 minutes, and commit to nourishing your emotional health as a central priority in your life. There are so many people on the planet who do not have access to the resources that they need. So if you do have access, then I beg of you, please use those resources fully because there are so many others who would trade you for your circumstances in an instant. To have access and then squander those resources just seems like such a tragedy. To have access is such a gift, and it's a gift that carries so much potential. 
to use the resources you have and see if that gives you more capacity to make the world better for others could be the gift that the world is waiting for. And it's the one you have to give. All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox. And who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get the Courage Habit at your local bookseller on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.